You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected. CannabisRadio.com presents NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. The National Cannabis Industry Association is the only national trade organization representing the businesses of the legal cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice covers a range of topics, including the rapidly evolving political and policy changes that affect our industry, news and events of importance to cannabis professionals, and features on companies, individuals, and campaigns at the cutting edge of the cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice begins now. Hello, thanks for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore. Today, my guest is Anthony Brody of Local IQ. Local IQ offers data-driven digital marketing solutions and is part of the USA Today Network. That's familiar. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Bethany. Nice to meet you. You as well, um, and thanks for your membership with NCIA also. Um, so let's start off by getting to know you a little better, Anthony. Um, uh, I like to ask guests what their background is and their experience, uh, where they're from, what, they, <laughs> what their background is before doing this cannabis work, uh, kind of what your background is before getting involved at all in, in cannabis. Great. Well, you know, so I spent I spent nearly 20 years at uh, at AT and T, various assignments, everything from uh, international assignments to building out some of the broadband infrastructure in the U.S. with the cable operators, and then I did a little bit of time in the startup world uh, around data and analytics and digital marketing, and over the last three years, I came to go work at uh, Reach Local and Gannett, and in Gannett is where I found the local publishing business and the national uh, USA Today business, as well as as well as cannabis. And uh, cannabis has been a journey that we've been working on now for about nine months and uh, really excited about it. Feels like nine months is is many, many years uh, in the cannabis space. The, the joke is that it's dog years. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. one, one year feels like seven. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So true. So what is your interest or passion for the cannabis industry? Some people have a, a story. Maybe um, you were impacted by cannabis or you were inspired by it. I'm curious what yours is. 
I've got two parts to it. So, so the first part, very simple. So throughout life, I've always had high blood pressure, believe it or not. Uh, maybe part of that Northeast personality of, of uh, <laughs> it just happens. Yeah. And uh, I uh, was with a client maybe about a year ago or, or nine months ago, and uh, I found CBD. And so uh, he said, hey, you know, try it, see what happens. And so super high blood pressure went to below average in a matter of 60 days. And uh, I became very intrigued by the lack of real information that's out there relative to cannabis and the, and the CBD markets. And uh, as I started to dig more, uh, I realized just the, the perfect fit of national and local information and advertising uh, into the cannabis space. So I became hooked uh, right from the beginning. The, the second part is, is uh, so aside from being a personal understander of how CBD can impact your life, uh, which has had a great impact on mine, the, the second piece is, is that you know, folks really don't know how they could touch the consumers that they want to be able to sell to, and the consumers have no idea about cannabis or CBD or, uh, or, or, or what they could do. So this, as the industry continues to evolve, you, know, you can liken it to uh, the, inter- the early, early days of the internet of what's, what's even possible. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that. It's really great to hear that you've personally benefited from CBD. And it's just fascinating that this new cannabinoid people are eager to learn more about because they're hearing about it all the time. And it's, you know, it doesn't get you high. So people are intrigued with that and they want the health benefits, maybe without the high. And there's all these other cannabinoids out there too that we haven't even had a chance to explore some of them can increase your appetite or decrease your appetite or help with blood pressure or various other things. It's just fascinating. And I'm just so excited, to be honest, that we're starting to go down this path of learning what they are. So yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, So uh, here we are in the present in 2019, and you work with Local IQ, and, and you're in their West region as the West region president. Tell me, tell me more about local IQ. I know there's digital marketing solutions there. Um, what's your role like? What's your day-to-day? What's going on with local IQ in the cannabis space? So, if, so local IQ is, is uh, part of uh, USA Today, right? And so if you think about local IQ in USA Today, we sell to businesses that sell to consumers. And our goal is to help our clients engage with consumers in a meaningful and trusted way to be able to drive their advertising. So we're in 109 different markets with our local properties. And then USA Today is national. And from a cannabis perspective, what we've learned is, is that you know, people that are advertising, it's very hard for them to measure the results. And they don't know what they can do from an advertising standpoint um, because mm-hmm. there are rules and restrictions around it. Tons. And, and it, it becomes the, the information changes constantly and, and uh-huh. what regulatory body needs to approve an ad before it gets published, before it gets published online. Right. At the same time, across our 109 different markets and nationally, the consumers didn't really know what they could do. And I think as you brought it up, right, they don't know the power of CBD. They don't know, is it legal? Could it get them high? And so the approach that that we took into this vertical was very focused on data and driving the data across the entire across the entire nation. So we conducted the largest national cannabis study in the United States to be able to help both the consumers as well as the advertisers understand the current state of the market and develop a plan forward. So it became a, a great vertical for us. 
Huh. So you're looking at um, consumer data, meaning people who are searching for CBD on the internet or, uh, or, or um, maybe trying to order online products, which I maybe wouldn't recommend. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. So, so what we did is very simple. We started off with a national consumer study across 21 markets with roughly 8,800 respondents. So complete scale. And then we partnered with a, an unaided mobile usage data provider, which had roughly 10 million uh, mobile phones uh, devices. And we were able to take that, those two data points and build the largest study to understand the consumers, the consumer journey, whether they're pro canna consumers or canna curious consumers, and then put them into uh, consumer segments, uh, so that so that if, if you want to attract affluent families versus frequent shoppers because of your product line, what, mm -hmm. what do they look like and what does their journey look like? Mm -hmm. uh, so, so we compiled that data to make it digestible for the C-suite and the largest cannabis companies across the globe, all the way down to the local dispensaries to be able to understand who their local consumers are. Got it, got it, that makes sense. Um, yeah, I definitely wanna talk more about that study uh, when we come back from our first commercial break. Um, so the West region, is that the West region of the United States or the West region of, of the globe? <laughs> or oh, the, so the our flat Earth? Yeah, no, our <laughs> cannabis vertical is, is nationwide. So uh, last week I spent a lot of time in the, in the Northeast and I started this week off in uh, California. So I'm just the, I'm the president of the West and I run the national cannabis business across the United States. Cool. All right. Well, um, we're going to take a quick commercial break here in just a minute. Uh, but when we come back, I definitely want to talk more about this study uh, that was conducted by, by your company and see what kind of insights we can glean from it. Um, so let's go ahead and take that commercial break and we'll be right back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. Stay tuned. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Let me welcome Nick Hexum from 311. We've never heard things like your music when it first came out. It's like to mix the reggae with the punk and all of that together was just such an unusual sound and, and we loved it. We realized we're not gonna copy what's on the radio. At the time it was all grunge at what that was on the radio. And I said, let's just stick to what we know and wait for a culture to come around to us. Hey, it's Nick Hexum from 311, and you're listening to Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina on CannabisRadio.com. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. They have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing, healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold. 
old, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for Smart Pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. Fetch your earbuds and stay tuned for some pure pet care conversation. Hi, it's Angela Ardolino with It's a Dog's Life, and I have Hernanda Umana joining me. We're just both so fascinated with how much we've learned since we've been in this pet industry and creating an all-natural product. Because it's a dog's life. I am a huge fan of my guest today, Dr. Bob Goldstein. I have, in my experience, not seen many natural substances produce the results that CBD is producing in the animals that we are testing on. It's a Dog's Life with Angela Ardolino, only on Cannabis Radio. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice, only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, we are back on NCI's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore. I'm talking with Anthony Brody from Local IQ. Uh, it's part of the USA Today Network, and they're doing digital marketing solutions for the cannabis industry. So, Anthony, there's a lot of war on drugs type of rhetoric and stigma left over from the Prohibition era. And now, between medical and adult use, and now this hemp-derived or CBD products, um, they're really complicating things for consumers, I'm guessing, and there's lots of confusion. Um, so let's, let's talk some more about these challenges that surround really educating these consumers with accurate information to, to clear, clear the old war on drugs rhetoric. Well, it's great. And, and there is mass confusion across the entire market, right? From a consumer standpoint, what, what, what's available to them? And, and from a business standpoint of how do you reach the consumers that you, you require to grow the business? And so, and, and billions of dollars being spent either in buying cannabis, purchasing cannabis companies or investing in cannabis companies uh, and, and grow, grow, the entire, grow the entire industry. So we started off, because the landscape of the marketplace is so fragmented, we started off our journey into the cannabis vertical with a research study. And the research study had three primary objectives. One, identify opportunities for thought leadership, right? So how, how do we help command where the industry is going and how to reach those consumers? Two, pinpoint audiences so that whether you're a local business or a national business, how do you grow your market share? and drive, you know, drive overall company growth. And three, determine what that brand strategy is and how does that resonate based upon the, the product that you have and the consumers that you're going after. So that was the genesis of our, of our research study. And it was quite, yeah. quite telling. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's a lot. Um, so, so when you're looking at that, it's, it's a matter of trying to figure out what people do and don't know, the known knowns, the unknown unknowns something along that lines. Right, and we realized that the first, the biggest thing was uh, the knowledge gap across, across the entire, entire market, right? So at a high level, one third of the respondents had no, no idea what was legal and not legal across the states. 
And you would think somewhere like Nevada, where it's a, it, there's, there's levels of legality, right? For over 15 years, 25% of the respondents didn't understand the cannabis laws. Right. Then you, then you turn to a, a market like a, a Florida, uh, which is less than five years, right? 37% of the market didn't know what they could do. And then the developing states are somewhere in the middle. So, so it, all the way across the, the gamuts there, uh, I think somewhere like a Washington state, it was probably 8% of the respondents were unclear, but being able to really understand where the consumers are is the best way to, to be able to grow the business, uh, to grow the business. Yeah. 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 I know when I'm just out and about, um, people, people will ask, you know, people from out of town are visiting Colorado, their tourism or just visiting. And of course, if they're coming from a non-legal state, they're super excited to come buy cannabis, but then they come out to a bar or, or something and they want to spark up and you can't because of public consumption laws. So I, I'm constantly educating people like, no, technically you can't smoke here in this bar um, because of public consumption. And yes, we're trying to change that. But um, yeah, the nuances are infinite for sure. Um, I'm curious how you, how you actually determine what people do and don't know aside from like literally talking to a million people and, and writing down their responses. So the initial consumer study got those sets of questions answered. And then the next piece to it. So, so the first key finding that we found were knowledge get was the knowledge gap and, and a third of the market didn't know what they could and couldn't do. The second key finding that we found, which leads into your question was there really were no market leaders, none, right? Huh. Uh, it's, it's a matter of, there's no brand loyalty among the current consumers and, and they based their 67% of the folks had gone to multiple dispensaries in the past three months mm. based upon, you know, largely based upon uh, convenience and a quarter of them, a quarter of those existing consumers had gone to four or more. So, so there's the, the second biggest finding is, is that you require choice and trust. And so as we were, as we're building the, the results of the survey for clients, you really need to understand that consumer journey. So if I'm traveling from a non-legal state to a legal state, well, what does that consumer journey look like versus trying to target a local baby boomer or an affluent family to go to your dispensary or to try your local brand? Mm-hmm. Right. So, and yeah. So you've got one consumer that's like a kid in a candy store, and then you've got the other consumer who has a specific product in mind. Right. And so what we're finding today is most firms have figured out that they want to go after affluent families, baby boomers, and frequent shoppers. And that's in the acceptor marketplace uh, for the consumer segments. That, so that's, that's one big area of focus for everybody in the industry. And how do you, be, how do you target them in a credible and trusted way? Which leads to our third finding uh, that... They really, based upon that, that level of trust, people were three times more likely to go to a local news site versus even ask their own doctor about the effects of cannabis, uh, about the effects of cannabis on their body. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I can understand people might be afraid to bring it up to their doctor because, you know, maybe their doctor is anti-cannabis and then doesn't want to, you know, then we'll look at them like they are a drug user or something along those lines rather than looking at it as, as plant medicine, it really depends on your doctor, absolutely. So the education process continues, uh, continues, right? So 
what we're enable, helping enable folks to be able to do is have very targeted content to educate the consumer, whether it's an affluent family, a baby boomer, or a frequent shopper, and, and provide branded content for them to be able to educate them along that journey, whether you're a local business or a national business. At the same time, some of the larger organizations, national brands, are trying to build plans to be able to educate the doctors. Because mm. if doctors are educated on the, the benefits of CBD, it, it's, some people could call it a nutritional supplement, right, in the cannabis space. Yep. And so it's a matter of that education process as well. So we're helping educate all the different components in that ecosystem, largely through targeted advertising and, brand, and providing branded content. Got it. Yep, that makes sense. I don't know if you've noticed this. Um, if you're just out and about, maybe you're at a restaurant or, or at some kind of you know music event. Everywhere I go, somebody I'll overhear some conversation. People are talking about CBD or vape pens. So it, it is just becoming more part of normal conversation. I've noticed. Um, so hopefully, you know, as people continue these natural conversations, accurate information is being shared amongst ourselves. Um, so thanks for helping keep the accurate information flowing. Um, before, we, before we take another commercial break, um, I'm curious what you think we as, as the cannabis industry or, or specifically cannabis companies themselves making cannabis products, what can we do ourselves to create more accurate awareness and knowledge of real information so so that everything's above board and accurate and we're not misinforming people. Um, what advice would you have to, to really make sure that there's more accurate knowledge out there? Well, you know, we all attend many of the, many of the events in the cannabis space, right? And, and when you attend the events in the cannabis space, there are very, very pedigreed companies, as well as folks that are just trying to start off in the space, it becomes a little bit of a gold rush. Mm -hmm. And, and the more that the companies that are, that have the strong pedigrees in the backgrounds continue to communicate clearly the benefits of it and educate, it's all about educating, educating the consumer base and making sure that, that that right education is communicated out in a credible and meaningful way to, to the target market that they're going after. I think that's the single most important piece. And whether if there's regulatory approval to get ads or, or information just pushed out by various states, go to the experts that, that know how to get the, that information out there for you. Uh, and, and I'd say make sure it's measurable because from a business standpoint, as a steward of the business, you want to make sure that uh, if you're spending time educating the local market, or even the national market on the benefits of cannabis, and you're you're spending the time and dollars to think about how to educate the, the ecosystem, like the local doctors. It's important to make sure that uh, that it's measurable, and you're able to um, you're able to grow your business from it. So I think that's the single most important thing: inform the audiences that you want to spend time with, and at the same time, uh, make sure for yourself that the results are measurable. Yep, absolutely. <clears throat> you know, um. It just makes me think about um, where NCIA is going to be in a few years after federal legalization, because right now we're still kind of in, in the muck trying to fix the banking crisis and um, maybe amending the tax code so that cannabis companies can take real business deductions and then just other, you know, prohibition era fixes that we're trying to work on. But at some point, 
it's going to be federally legal. And at some point, um, people are going to know more about it. So we won't have to worry about fixing banking or legalizing it. We'll actually be able to function as most other trade associations do where we are doing more public education, like like having a got milk campaign, mm-hmm. <laughs> right. got, got CBD. <laughs> right. <laughs> Just funny, something funny to think about for the future. All right, we're gonna uh, take our last commercial break here and then we'll be right back uh, to finish our chat with Anthony Brody from Local IQ. Stay tuned. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. The cannabis industry is growing almost as fast as the cannabis and hemp being planted and harvested. Where, when, and how fast will the cannabis and hemp industries continue to climb? Who will be the people leading the charge into that promised land of profit? Let's pursue those answers and more with the Plant Profits. Welcome to another episode of Plant Profits. I am Bert Miller, your host. As you guys know, the purpose of this show is to introduce you to some of the most forward-thinking executives and companies in the cannabis industry. Plant Profits, only on CannabisRadio.com. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now. About a game for your phone, gonna make you say, wow! The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put different celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is Hemping, that's the point. Download and play while you light yourself a joint. The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, we're back on NCI's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio, chatting with Anthony Brody from Local IQ, which is part of the USA Today Network, talking about how cannabis companies can educate the public, educate their consumers, and target their their intended consumers. Um, so, being a part of the National Cannabis Industry Association, you know, I mentioned some of the things our organization's working on now, as far as our lobbying work in Washington, D.C. Um, we also do things like this podcast uh, in order to educate the public. So it's really nice to have you here um, to to underscore the need for that. And how I, I, I want to talk about being a part of a national group like NCIA and why why local IQ um, decided to join the national association and be a member and support our work and plug into what we're doing and, and why you think being part of NCIA is, is really important for any cannabis company. Well, so organizations like NCIA are really important across the, across the entire industry, right? So you're able to put, like we're doing here, we're, we're able to put the thought leadership all in the same, room all in the same conversation learn from each other about the 
about what we're doing and uh, and expand upon expand upon the successes and learn from from other people's uh, moves into into those directions or pivots in those directions. So we really like being a part of the NCIA because it enables us to spend time with other thought leaders in the space and and the ecosystem and everybody to work together. Awesome. I agree. It's it's a really nice um, opportunity for people in the industry to come together learn from each other totally. I mean, we've got the big conferences, you know, we're all um, just coming back from last month's Cannabis Business Summit and Expo in San Jose. And meanwhile, we're gearing up for our fall conference, which is the California Cannabis Business Conference, October 8th and 9th. Um, And that one is really focused on the California market, which is huge. Um, So we're looking forward to that. We also have these really great evening networking receptions to to balance the giant expo floor experience. The industry socials and the cannabis caucus events are really nice, you know, 6 to 8 30 p.m. evening events in regions all over the country. And in fact, right now in the month of August, we're doing our Heartland tour of our industry socials. So um, five cities during the month of August, we've already got a couple cities behind us. You can learn more about that by going to the cannabisindustry.org slash events and check out our event calendar. Those industry socials, as well as the Cannabis Caucus events, are complimentary for NCIA members. So all you have to do is register in advance and show up. Um, If you're not an NCIA member, um, you can get tickets to the industry social events. Um, But as far as the Cannabis Caucus events go, those are intended to be member only uh, with an exception made for a small number of people who are interested in joining NCIA and just wanna come to the event and check it out first. So definitely make sure If you're an NCIA member or thinking about becoming an NCIA member, um, you check out our industry socials and our Cannabis Caucus events. They're a really great way to meet NCIA members, cannabis industry professionals in your region. And for more information about our fall conference, the California Business Conference, it's CaliforniaCannabisBusinessConference.com. So um, yeah, NCI is so busy right now. Um, And this year in general, we have seen so much movement in legislation. In fact, the Safe Banking Act has taken more steps along the steps of Capitol Hill than than I think almost any piece of legislation in the last few years, um, other than the appropriations successes that we've seen. So getting that safe banking act through the house and senate this year it would be a game changer so we're all just kind of watching the senate we're kind of watching uh to see if you know maybe senator mitch mcconnell who likes hemp um can can keep uh can't (laughs) keep cannabis under the same category and and maybe have some compassion for these industries that are trying to bloom um so really looking forward to seeing what happens in Capitol Hill this year. Um, I'm curious if you do any education on the political side of things, like the legislation, like do consumers know or even care that their dispensary maybe loses their bank account every few months? 
We don't, you know, so uh, we don't do a lot of education on that side to it. The consumers definitely feel the impact to it, especially mm -hmm. when they would, uh, uh, we were at a conference a couple of, a couple of months ago and one of the organizations was, was talking about how their Instagram or their Facebook or their pages just automatically went down yep. um, without, without any notice. And so they had built a couple of thousand followers and it's a local, was a local dispensary. And so, so it's unfortunate, but the consumers definitely feel the impact of it. And, and related to your events, we definitely feel all this great energy. So we just came back from your San Jose show. Uh, that was fantastic for the teams that were there, not only from a learning standpoint, but also from a connection standpoint. And, and it's, it's not high pressure activity at all. It's just folks spending time with other folks to learn from each other, as well as at your socials. So thank awesome. you very much for, for all that great work on those, on those events. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, thanks for attending. And, and I, I'm looking forward to being at the, at the conference in October for sure. Um, so I guess we've run out of time. Thank you so much for sharing this information about how companies can can educate and target their consumers. And it, we're still dealing with a ton of challenges. We're still going to deal with the Instagram pages getting shut down, with the Facebook boosted ads getting rejected. But in the meantime, um, we're, we're just doing the best we can. So where- And our goal is to help minimize those, right? <laughs> and, and, <laughs> yes. and so through working with USA Today uh, teams, we understand where the regulations sit from an advertising standpoint and minimizing that frustration is, uh, is a goal of ours. So, so hopefully we can have a positive impact as well on the, on the listeners. Yes, I'm sure, I'm sure the cannabis companies appreciate that. Where can people find out more information about local IQ? Uh, so we uh, we'll provide a link at the at the bottom of this podcast. We do also have a site, a localiq.com site, and uh, you can reach out to the national cannabis uh, national cannabis team, and um, and we can provide my contact information at the bottom of the uh, the bottom of the podcast. Easy peasy, I like it. All right. Okay. Well, um, thanks again for being on the show today, and thanks everybody for tuning in to another episode of NCI's Cannabis Industry Voice. Until next time. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.